Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Alara Sage. Alara is a teacher, mentor, and healer, and works with the courageous those who are willing to show up and who deeply desire to live an authentic, creative, pleasurable, and fulfilled life. With over 15 years of training and experience, she can hone in on individuals and assist them to unlock their full potential. Using her methodology, she helps people to bridge the gap between conceptual understanding of mind, body, spirit, and the true embodiment of higher levels of consciousness. So I am very excited to have you here today. Welcome to the show, Alara. Yay, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. All right. Well, I want to start this conversation on the subject of embodiment. And I'm curious if embodiment is something that you came by naturally, like were you the kid who was always really comfortable in your body Or was it something that had to be practiced in order for you to get to the stage where you're at now? Yes, definitely something that I had to practice. And the interesting thing to me was in my spiritual practice, you know, I learned a lot of meditation and I didn't even understand until one day in a meditation, I was told to really be in my body. And I didn't even understand until that day how much I had really been out of my body, even in meditation. So that process, you know, years and years of meditation really took me out of my body, which is something I feel like I don't talk about a lot. And so I, my main teacher is, is myself in, in my meditations. I'm always learning new things, being told to do things. And one day it was just like, yeah, really breathe into your body, feel your body, open your eyes, be in the moment. And I was really floored by the sensations that I started to experience when I came into my body. And that was the beginning of my process of what I would call embodiment. Mm, Beautiful. Well, so one of the things that I experienced was I didn't realize it myself either that I had spent most of my life outside of my body. And it wasn't until I got into a yoga practice and the yoga teacher one day said, you know, we were in Shavasana and she said, look down at your heart. And I realized that I couldn't even look down at my heart and got clear at that point that I was also out of my body. So embodiment is, can you give us a deeper, more robust definition of what it means to you to be fully embodied? Because you mentioned the sensations. And I think for me, at least, the more I started to embody, the more I was like feeling stuff that I maybe didn't actually even want to feel. And that's why I was out, right? 
Yes, definitely. I love that you bring that up. Yeah, for me, embodiment is really the bringing in of the more subtler bodies and opening them up into the physical. So we have our heart center, which actually is our portal between our subtler bodies and our gross bodies, as we would call them. And so as we embody, we open up these lower centers, our lower chakras, and we bring those higher consciousness energies into those lower chakras, into the physical so ultimately, embodiment is the ability of your higher consciousness self to actualize through the physical into the physical reality. But it takes that practice of being able to, just as you said, that I love that you brought up, to feel, to be able to feel everything that's involved with the physical, to feel safe, to feel all the plethora of emotions and to understand ultimately, though we're not the body, right? Because we're more than the body. The beauty of it is, is that we get to experience, we get to feel. And that's, to me, the beauty of really understanding embodiment. Mm. It's that we get to feel, we get to enjoy. We get to. That's one of my favorite phrases. Oh, yay. <laughs> yeah. Once, once upon a time, I had a great big to-do list and now it's my get-to-do list, right? <laughs> I want to speak a little bit about, like for me, and I'm curious for you, for me, I discovered as a result of beginning the process of raising my own personal awareness about how little I was actually in the body and how little rarely I was actually present. For me, it became clear that the main reason I was out of my body was because I had a lot of physical abuse and emotional abuse and spiritual abuse and psychological abuse and so forth in from my childhood. So can we speak a little bit about what would create the experience of disembodiment? Mm, yes, definitely. Any kind of trauma, you know, and this goes a lot into the vagus nerve because we have this beautiful, you know, vagus nerve that runs from our small intestines all the way up to our brain. And ultimately that's meant for rest and digest. But when we hit trauma, we, we go into fight or flight. And I love this one time I watched this really great. I don't even know. I don't remember what it was, but there was this great explanation about how, if you watch a gazelle being chased by a lion, if, if the gazelle lives, it goes through kind of this like spastic movement afterwards that releases all of this stress out of its nervous system. And then it like grounds back into its body and, you know, moves on, right? Well, as humans, we don't do that. We don't know how to release that trauma and that stress from our nervous system. So it gets stored there. And again, that ultimately is just a lot of pain and, and sensation in our nervous system. Actually, our nervous system really just begins to shut down. It doesn't know how to engage really anchored and clearly with, with the experiences of the physical. And again, that's the big part of it that I work with with people is this lower section. So again, the connection between the heart and the gut, right? And, or even the brain and the gut and opening up that nervous system, releasing those traumas, you know, which can be mental trauma, it can be emotional trauma, it can be physical trauma. That's all of the gross bodies. So anything that occurs to us in any of those bodies, any kind of trauma, if we're not able to, which who knows how to as a child specifically, to release that trauma from our nervous system, it gets stored there. 
Okay, so in addition to the impact on the central nervous system, can we also talk about other body systems and like what are key indicators that you are disembodied so that our listeners can maybe self-identify if they are challenged with that? Yeah, definitely one of the key points for me was just always being in in thought and you know the the analytical mind and the constant stream of thought was one of the biggest pointers for me but I'll share another one that I actually find much more close to my heart and that was just the inability to enjoy pleasure life the moment I was often waiting for the end results or the end of the day or whatever I was in, it was always about the end, right? It was getting to the next level. It was getting to the next point of reference. And there was really not a whole lot of enjoyment or pleasure of the moment. Mm, Beautiful. Yeah. I resonate with that. (laughs) So let's talk briefly about these folks that you work with, the courageous who are willing to show up and deeply desire to live this authentic, creative, pleasurable, fulfilled life. I know for me, from my own experience, I was so tightly wound Mm. that I didn't even have like awareness that I needed to be courageous or that I deeply desired to do any of these things until some of it started to unwind. So can you speak a little bit about where somebody would be that you could help with this process, this methodology of yours? Where would they be to be able to say, oh my God, I want what she's, what she's offering? Yeah. One of the biggest things that I find, I primarily work with women. And one of the biggest points is that they actually don't have a lot of pleasure in sex or very little, or they don't, they just don't want to engage in that space. So even if they are, even if they have a high sexual drive, they just find that when they're actually engaged, they're frustrated or they're just not really able to relax and just enjoy themselves that goes along with their, the creative mind. Like, you know, some, some people will have maybe spurts of creative energy or they feel like it's very fleeting. And so I help people to really like open that up where they're, they're tapped into their creative mind and energy all the time. And again, one of my primary clients are, are primarily women who are really in the masculine energy. And they tend to be, again, very, very mental and very, like you said, tightly woven, anxious. And as I said, like what I experience, it's like, okay, that's done next. Mm-hmm. That's done next. Mm-hmm. And just this real like beingness, right? The feminine energy of the beingness and the pleasure of everything and the slowing down and the really finding of themselves in the moment. Mm. Beautiful. All right. Well, I think I have time for one quick more question before we have to go to the break. And I want my listeners here to, you know, you're here listening to Wickedly Smart Women. So the smart part may be the indicator that you're way up in your head and may not be activating your wickedly pleasurable parts of yourself. So I'm guessing we have a lot of listeners here who would resonate with what you're saying. 
this piece about sensation, I do, I think I actually want to go to the break and I think I want to pick up the piece about sensation on the back half of our break. So right now we are going to uh, to do that and Wickedly Smart Women, we could use your help. If you're enjoying the show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content, help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so we can serve them too. I do want to say a huge thank you to our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We are now up to 101 countries. And we're welcoming thousands and thousands of downloads from all over the world. We're going to shout out this week to our listeners in Malaysia, Morocco, and Mozambique. And we will be right back with Alara Sage. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by women in transition. Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your Wealthy Life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Alara Sage. Before we went to the break, we were talking about embodiment, and we would love to have you go to alarasage.com to find out more about what she's up to, what she's offering here, specifically in the area of improving your sex life and or improving your creative flow, not just your creative mind, but also your creative energy. So you can go to alarasage.com. We will have that for you in the show notes. And so Alara, I'd love to have you now let's talk about this idea of sensation and, and sensory, like becoming more sensorially aware. And maybe if you want to weave in a little bit about your methodology in terms of Because for me, as soon as the sensation started to open up, there was definitely a place in me that was just like, got to close down, you know, like, so I'd love to have you talk a little bit about maybe building our capacity to feel. Yes. And I have a wonderful little personal experience with this because I don't like to run, but my body was always like, but it's good. It's good for me. So I was like, okay, body, I'll, I'll run. And usually I absolutely hated it. And I would put on music and I would be doing it and I'd be checking, you know, am I done yet? Am I done yet? And through this process of embodiment, I was told in, in during my run by my higher self to really feel it, to really be present with everything my body was feeling during the run, which was exactly what I was trying to avoid because I didn't like those feelings that my body was going through. And so I did, and I breathed into my body and I was super present with everything. And the most beautiful thing that happened is it turned into pleasure. 
And I actually felt orgasmic running and I, and I still do to this day. And I've had several instances in meditation where I've been shown how, you know, pain is just the flip coin of pleasure as hatred is the flip coin of love and all of the ways that I've been shown the, you know, duality and how we experience these sensations and these emotions and these energies. And every time, you know, it, it's so beautiful when we are able to really surrender and let go into something and allow ourselves really, in my opinion, it's a lot about breathing and opening, releasing tension, how we can actually make it pleasurable and orgasmic. Mm, I love that. Well, you know, it's interesting when you said it was running, one of the things that immediately came into my mind is probably many wickedly smart women around the world who are like, got to get my run in, right? Mm. And they're getting their run in for the purpose of checking it off the list of getting their run in because, it, you know, it's the right thing to do. It's the healthy thing to do, but they're not really in the run is what I'm hearing. And so this is a great invitation to just use that as a practice. If you're a runner to like be in the run and not checked out of that or any other aspect of your life, correct? Yes, exactly. And really anything that you don't enjoy, you know, or even if like you have cramps or menstrual cramps, you know, one of the things I went through at one point was I had severe pain in my kidneys. And again, my higher self was like, just breathe, relax, let go, be really present with the pain. And again, I did, this was many, many years ago. And again, it flipped into bliss actually. But because we don't, we know we automatically have definitions and and descriptions that we give to the sensation. We have a meaning, therefore it means this. And I don't want to experience that. When we really just let all of that go and say, I don't know what's really here. If I were to really be with it and breathe into it, relax my body, right? Relax the muscles, relax the tension that I'm holding against it, what really arises? That's when the pleasure comes through. Beautiful. All right. Well, there's two different directions I want to go now. So the first is when you said enjoy, uh, one of the things for me and may be true for others that I feel like as part of the masculinization piece of the feminine, certainly over the last 40 or 50 years, the idea of enjoyment somehow got married to feeling guilty and like putting it off. So can we talk a little bit about like reaching for the enjoyment or being present for the enjoyment and what might you help people to do to like dismantle the guilt piece from this? Yes. I love that because one of the things I call them permission slips, right? Once I'm done with work, then I'll enjoy, you know, when I go on my vacation, then I'll enjoy, you know, we have all of these rules and regulations around when enjoyment is available to us. So when I work with clients, you know, a lot of it really is about the, the energies, as we spoke about earlier, that are stored in the body and the tension, the guilt that's stored in the body that literally like holds us tight like this and holds us, us out. So when I work with clients, we go right into the body, breathing into the body and energetically working with the body to release so that they can actually like 
relax. I mean, it sounds so simple, but it's actually just not. We're just not in a society that has taught us to relax and that, yeah, you get to enjoy now and give yourself permission right here, right now to be orgasmic. Like that is one of the things I'm an ecstatic. I, I get to tap into what I call them bliss hits all the time. Like when I'm talking, like just now, like right there, woo, like I get orgasmic sensations through my body. Like there's no, I don't have to be, you know, insects. I don't have to be eating delicious chocolate though. You know, that's another beautiful opportunity. It can happen anywhere, anytime. But that starts with, of course, the permission. And then yes, seeing where in your body, as you say, I want to enjoy myself right now. What shows up, right? What does your body immediately say to you? What do you feel? What are the thoughts? All of that is available as soon as we become present to ourselves in the moment. Mm, beautiful. Well, I love this idea of being orgasmic. And as you said that, kind of what popped in for me is we're actually designed for that and have been programmed out of it. Mm. And so- Yes, yeah, she's having a little orgasmic moan <laughs> over that. <laughs> I love it. Ah. All right. Well, I want to also talk briefly. I do want to talk about your methodology, but before we get to the methodology, I want to talk about how you said at the beginning that you learn from yourself. That alone is incredibly courageous hmm. and an incredible middle finger to the the patriarchy, which says, or the authorities, which say you must learn from the authorities, right? So I'd love to have you just speak briefly about how that happened. Like, how was it that you made the decision to learn from yourself? I don't think I ever really made the decision. I would love to claim that, but it's always just happened. I had a spontaneous Kundalini awakening and all of my things, you know, my journey has not been the direction I thought it was going to go. Everything that has been brought to me that has to do with my, my true life path has been in meditation again, in, in further in, it is courageous. I, I have my, you know, my dedication has been in facing myself and honoring this path and, and doing it for the higher good of all involved, all the people on this planet. And so that dedication, that devotion has really allowed me the beauty of all of these teachings that I constantly receive through myself. And most definitely I went through over and over again, you know, my analytical mind saying, you need a degree, you need a certification. Who do you think you are? And, you know, having to let that go and trust my inner wisdom. Mm, beautiful. I love it. So let's talk about receiving and the methodology in the last few minutes that we have here. Because, you know, from what I'm hearing from you and also from experiences I've had and people around me that I, you know, the circles that I travel in have had, when we do relax, we actually are able to receive from a higher a level of awareness. So I'd love to have you speak briefly about your receptivity and mm. the experience of receiving your methodology that you now work with people around the world to support them to become receivers too. Yes. You know, for me, it, it, it's always about 
trusting yourself, which, you know, we don't always have at the beginning. So it's about receiving and, and taking action towards that. That's one of the biggest things I teach that, you know, we increase our, our intuition. We increase that receptability when we say, okay, I heard you and I'm going to take action to back up that I know that in my heart to be true, despite what my analytical mind says, despite what other people, that's the courage part. There's been so many times I've taken great, great leaps of faith that I knew very, very strongly. I always said I didn't have a choice. Of course I did, but it felt very strongly to me. And those were the points that deepened that conversation, I call it, with myself where I opened my ears and the conversation became stronger. So, you know, with my methodology, it's a lot about helping women first and foremost, learn how to really breathe into the body and feel and be comfortable with what they're feeling to feel safe with all the emotions, all the sensations. And then at the same time, really seeing what arises with with those limiting beliefs and the ego mind that, you know, always wants to come in and shortcut us and try to redirect us. So I give them very clear steps on how to work with their, their body, their emotional body and their mental body to work through these processes with themselves so that they really open up this conversation. My clients always get, you know, just a massive increase in their self-trust, their self-love and their communication, their intuition, all of that. It's beautiful. So they're guiding themselves like that. My whole objective is that they don't need me anymore. <laughs> I love that. Well, that's one of the things that's my objective when I'm working with my clients as well. It's like, please, I want you to be empowered, not be, you know, thinking that I'm the authority or the guru. I love that. Well, and it also sounds like your methodology becomes a practice. It's it's more than just a like, do this and this wonderful thing will happen. It's It sounds like it's a practice and a, a lifestyle choice. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. Great. Awesome. Well, Alara, it has been absolutely fantastic having you today. I've thoroughly enjoyed your orgasmic, blissful presence. <laughs> <laughs> we have had guys outside the door making all kinds of hammering noises. So hopefully that will not be an issue for our listeners. But it's pretty funny that there's hammering noises and guys outside the door when we're talking <laughs> about orgasms. And that's pretty happy, happy making for me. So <laughs> All right. Well, listeners, we do love your feedback. Please do let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that number for you in the show notes, or you can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.